Good afternoon. This will be the weekly wrap for the grain markets only. We did get a USDA report today. The market was expecting a slight increase in the carryout in corn and beans. And they did um, increase the corn carryout by lowering the export demand as expected. Uh, but they did not change the bean carryout. Uh, they did not reduce exports. Probably makes sense with the, uh, the huge uh, run in soybean export sales we've had to China here over the last several weeks. With Wednesday reporting um, the largest soybean export sales day in three years to China. So, um, you know, really no great uh, volatility related to USDA data on the grain complex. Um, they didn't really touch the wheat balance sheet either. Market was looking for a, a drop in Argentinian wheat, corn, and bean production, but all they changed was just the wheat production. They left corn and beans unchanged. And with the weather that we've seen down there, we're expecting uh, a severe drop in corn and soybean production here eventually. But the market, uh, the USDA, is typically very slow to make those changes. Um, We've seen uh, in soybeans in particular, like I mentioned, China has very, very large buyers of soybeans from the United States here over the last several weeks. And it's reported that they will remain active through January until Brazil starts their harvest. Uh, crush margins here domestically, while they're down about a dollar a bushel, are still setting at very high near record levels. Um, and now with the Argentinian crop burning up, uh, those crush margins should remain elevated. Remind you that Argentina doesn't export very much in the way of beans. They export finished products. They export meal and oil. And so, of course, if their crop shrinks, so will those finished product exports, keeping our crush margins very high. Um, we are, are ourselves expected here in the next year and a half to two years uh, to expand U.S. crush capacity, some two to 300 million bushels. So um, with new plants coming online all the time, uh, domestically here, we're going to keep a bid uh, under these markets for the crush side of things. Um, we did hit our technical target at 1485. That should have allowed anybody that was undersold on beans to get caught up and get to that 60% mark. Now the question on beans is, do we have enough fundamental data to get to that next target at 1540, which is the gap? And I think we do. I think the combination of strong Chinese purchases uh, and a shrinking Argentinian crop uh, will give us a shot, a quick shot at those levels, allowing us to get to that 80% sold on beans. Now, for me, historically, it's very unusual to be this heavily sold this early in the marketing year just because we have so much volatility uh, coming at us. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But... Uh, for a lot of you, these are very, very good prices, and getting 80% sold makes sense. Some of you, uh, at 1530, 1540, this will be good enough, and you'll be done for the year. And again, I'm not going to blame you for that. These are these are record high prices for us this early in the marketing year. And it'll do a nice job managing risk for the corn position that has suffered here over the last several weeks uh, under the weight of lack of export demand, under the weight of the wheat market that's been hammering, um, uh, getting hammered pretty aggressively here, and corn has suffered with that as well. Uh, the corn balance sheet, again, we did lower exports, did build the carryout a little bit. Um, we, you know, we're, we're still grinding quite a bit for ethanol. We're still feeding a lot, uh, as there is 
nothing to feed for wheat or um, for milo. We just don't have enough to replace corn in the western corn belt, so demand remains very, very strong for feed, and that's not going to change all year long. So in my opinion, nothing fundamentally has changed about corn. Um, the fundamental position and the fundamental value for it other just than the perception by managed money that um, that uh, they need to sell it and lighten their position and that's what we've seen here going into the end of the year so the financial side of the value of corn is down but I think fundamentally we're still very very strong I think uh, after the first of the year our exports will pick up I think Europe will be in buying US corn and that'll certainly get helped with a weakening US dollar uh, I think the merchant ownership, the merchants of, of the United States, the, the ADMs, the Andersons, the Bungies, the Cargills, are sitting on a disproportionately smaller inventory of corn than they do historically. Uh, and so they're going to they're gonna get cleaned out a little bit quicker than normal, and that's going to lead to a lot of volatility in the corn market after the first of the year. The moving averages for corn come in right around 676, and of course we're a ways away from that, so... Uh, for now, I think that 675 on March corn will act as resistance, um, but we have plenty to, to chew on uh, after the first of the year uh, that should get us through those levels. The wheat market, uh, again, it's, it's, this is a financial tool now. Um, a lot of the managed money have gotten very, very aggressively short wheat. We are now very competitive globally on wheat prices. Um, and they're using that as a proxy uh, for the end of the inflation trade and, um, you know, have gotten wheat down way, way too cheap. But, you know, again, they can apply a lot of pressure on these markets for an extended period of time, and, and that's what they're doing right now. That, along with crude oil, uh, are the two commodities that have fallen most victim to this aggressive sell-off by managed money into the end of the year. What am I looking at going forward here? Um, I still have the three main macro variables that I think um, are incredibly volatile. We'll start with um, the Chinese and how they've gone into COVID lockdown for the last several years that has hurt demand, but we're starting to see signs of them reopening slowly but surely city by city as the protests hit peak uh, uh, protests here a couple weeks ago. I think the people have had it, and I think the government now needs to respond and start opening up. I think there are a number of co companies that have lost uh, out on supply chain, Apple being one of them, have notified the Chinese that they're going to start moving some of their, their parts and, and origination of manufacturing out of China as a result of these lockdowns, and I think China needs to take a different course. The timing of that has always, of course, been the main question, and it looks like to me things are lining up for the Chinese New Year, uh, which is at the end of January. So expect more news and more gradual reopening of China over the next 45 days. Um, the next piece of, of macro news will be, of course, the war in Ukraine that continues to kind of fester on and on. While there isn't a direct um, confrontation right now, uh, in conventional form, we're just, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of troop movement. Uh, we don't have a lot of video of, you know, of death and destruction, which is kind of what sometimes is needed to feed the narrative. What we do have are just lots of missiles and bombs going off, uh, knocking out infrastructure, and, and that's going to continue over the next several months. It is expected that Russia will reassert itself into the war uh, with troop movement uh, after the winter. And that, again, will be February, March. Uh, the next piece is, of course, the Federal Reserve, which is expected to raise rates uh, next week a half a point. 
uh, and then take a break over the next several months and not raise until February. The inflation data is coming in uh, softer, slowly but surely. Every report is now confirming that inflation has peaked. And I think the Fed will have enough rationale to basically stop raising rates or keep them very low into the first quarter of next year. That should stabilize the financial markets. That should stabilize demand and start uh, letting the world heal a little bit from this uh, major shock uh, in, in the form of uh, record high interest rates over the last hikes in the last three or four months. So those three variables, I think, converge in the first quarter of next year. Uh, to lead to a pretty large demand spike out of China, to a possible supply-side concern shock out of uh, the Ukraine, and an easing of conditions that should allow demand to to stabilize globally. Um, The balance sheets remain incredibly tight on corn, on beans, and wheat. We're at levels where we're getting very comfortable marketing a lot of beans in this $15 area. But I I do want to hold on corn. I think that story plays out when Europe comes in and starts uh, their export business. Uh, They're going to be buying U.S. corn in the first quarter of next year. Right now, Brazil is slightly more competitive than we are, but they'll be cleaned out here pretty quickly. And so we should see a resurgence in U.S. exports in the first quarter of next year. That will stabilize the corn market. Uh, We'll have very strong feed demand all year long. So I'm still looking for 7, 750 corn eventually sometime next year. The wheat market has done some massive technical damage. It's going to take a while to heal that up. But long term, I'm not particularly worried about the wheat market. Um, We've just got a lot of managed money in here um, using wheat as a proxy against all other commodities on the short side. And eventually, if that war in Ukraine heats up and that corridor shuts down, you're going to have the same volatility we had last year, right? We sat here in the fall uh, completely unaware or unconcerned with what what that meant. And then in the blink of an eye in February and March, we we saw record surges in grain prices. And I think it'd be naive to think that this couldn't uh, happen again this next year. We won't know until we get there. But uh, those those variables are so big and so volatile that I think it makes sense to hold on to corn and wheat to see how that plays out. All right, these are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Have a wonderful week, weekend. We'll talk to you soon.